We want to have a discussion today about um, equality, faith, and community. And so I'm going to start off with maybe the longest question we've ever had on the debrief. So we're going to start with this one. So her name is Rosalind, and I'm not going to give your last name, but Rosalind, you know who you are. Thank you for your question. It says, hello, Pastor Matt. You may not remember me. I do not, but this is a good question. But I'm a member of your church, and I am of the darker hue. I'm going to say thank you, Jeff, for that. Yeah. We're going to hear the darker hue. Uh, I am of the lighter hue, and Vivi is of the medium, medium hue. Right. Yes. <laughs> I am of the darker hue, and I also shared this comment to you three years ago after the town hall meeting mm. that we had. Okay, sorry, Rosalind, I do not remember. Uh, I am just going to say uh, how many times must we endure. I shared with you then that we need to get education because racism is taught, so we have to unlearn behavior that perpetuates it. So I'm asking mm. the church if they can, in a small way, start a conversation between black and white. Mm. Um, I think that's me and you, Jeff. Uh, maybe a cultural awareness ministry uh, that would start to do training to unlearn these behaviors that have been instilled in us from children. We need to uh, call action to it, not just lip service, because it's not going to change if we do not address this and have accountability in our behavior as Christians and the human race. What action, sorry, does this look like, you guys could have rewritten this question for me, what action does it look like uh, for leadership, wow. Can you guys see this question? What action yeah, outside of, of preaching to the membership does this look like? Gotcha. What, what do you think, Jeff? We're going to go ahead and throw this hot you know, potato at you. Um, it's a good question. I think it first starts with awareness. Um, obviously, education needs to happen, and there has to be some action steps as far as like what programming, uh, ministry program, goes uh, goes alongside with what's being said up um uh, you know, pulpit. Uh, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. don't. You know that word, but I know yeah. we know. Yeah. Um, Vivi probably doesn't know. I know what a pulpit. pulpit. All right, come, come on. on. <laughs> the stage, the podium, the platform. Um, and so, uh, what are you doing other than just, um, uh, you know, having this, uh, you know, um, preaching about it? Mm -hmm. Are you actually doing anything about it? Mm. And so, I would say it, it really is a good question. In fact, um, just kind of being real, that's one of the questions that I asked Pastor Matt uh, when I was interviewing here. And he said, you know, we're, we're, we're not doing as much as we want to, but we want to do more. And I think, um, I think honestly, um, it starts with just the fact, just recognizing, recognition. Um, the very fact uh, that Pastor Matt and the leaders here are recognizing this is huge huge, mm -hmm. is enormous. So that's the beginning. You're right, though. That's not the end. That's not where it stops. We have to start, I believe, educating. Educating or possibly start um, having, I, you know, I kind of like to call it brave spaces, not safe spaces, but these brave spaces. Because anytime someone um, engages in that conversation, engages in that relationship, you have to be brave to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you have to come out of your comfort zone. So so I would say, um, yes, uh, it has to start from the because it has to start from the leader. Right. And that's why I just, and this is, he's not paying me to do this. I just, Pastor Matt, I applaud you mm -hmm. for starting this conversation uh, on the platform mm -hmm. um, behind the pulpit because that's where it begins. And then as you have even done, start being educated and you start having more people of color on your staff right. and you start opening up these brave spaces to have conversations and then say, okay, let's educate ourselves with this. I mean, the fact that you have a, a, a black, a bishop on your board, man, yeah. that's that's legit. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that, and that's new. And just so yeah. you guys know, I started that, we started uh, trying to recruit 
Um, he likes me to call him Kirk, but I've always called him Lacey. Uh, Bishop Sykes. Bishop. Um, I tried to start recruiting yeah. him in November. Okay. Because I realized we, we had to have that perspective, yeah. and so going forward. So I just want you to know, uh, Rosalind, that this isn't something that we're trying to respond to. It's it's something that we're trying to work at. Yes. But it, it's a delicate matter because. Um, you know, I, th- I think we want to have people of color um, on our staff, but it has to be the right people. Yes. Because some people of color are militant in the You're way right. that they see the world, yeah. and they, they have mm. uh, they have an agenda and an axe to grind, and that doesn't work. I mean, one of the things that makes both Vivi and you unique is you get white people. Mm-hmm. You just do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one part of the conversation that, that we miss is it's not just white people who need to get black people, but it's black people who need to get white people and understand that there are cultural nuances. Mm -hmm. And those are real things. And one's not right and one's not wrong. They're just nuances. Uh, And so we have to be able to work together. And so, you know, when Lacey and I started to build a friendship, I I can't remember, you know, what conversation it was, but it was Mm -hmm. one of our initial ones. He just, he said, Mm -hmm. I can tell, he said, you have a heart for black people. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I do, but I've also been accused of not having a heart for black people. So Mm -hmm. I think it, it, it comes from the black person and and where, where are they at in their journey? What, what has happened to them? And so, um, so, you know, there's some people I just can't reach. Uh, You know, there's some people I'm not going to be militant enough. Um, You know, my heart at the end of the day, is not to be a social activist. My heart is to win souls for Christ. Amen. That's my Amen. heart. Amen. And so, you know, wh- while I think the gospel reconciles, what I believe reconciles is not social activism. It's not laws. It's not marching. Yeah, you're right. It's Best literally right. people having a very real encounter with Jesus Christ where they repent of their sins and they're changed. Yes. And that is the exception, not the rule. Mm. Yeah. Most people in our church are, are casual in their Christianity. They want to be good people. Church is good. It's motivational. They have not had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ like I did in my 20s where I got hit by a bus and Jesus was driving it. Wow. And I went, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, oh. Yeah. And and I, I can tell, and, and some black people who say they're Christians, they've not been hit by that bus. Some white people who say they're Christians, they've not been hit by that bus. And until we are... You know, uh, it's just like Peter. Peter, Peter's the Peter's the disciple. He's got the keys to the kingdom. He has to have a dream, yeah. Where where the Spirit hits him with a bus and says, "How dare you call something unclean that I've declared clean?" clean. And Peter still struggles. Like it's this this yeah. constant mm-hmm. struggle. Mm-hmm. So here, here's what I would say, Rosalind. The only thing I disagree is you say that that racism is is just taught. I think in some instances it is. Yes, there are people that are racist and 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 it's taught. My experience is when I've encountered white people, oftentimes they're very poor, they're very uneducated, um, and, and that's just been my experience. I'm not saying there's wealthy, rich people that are uh, racist. I just haven't met them. And so oftentimes it's people who feel very bad about themselves. They're looking for someone else to blame, someone else to wound. And so that's that's the white racist that I've encountered. Um, I would just disagree with your statement. I think people see race. Um, we have uh, white families in our church who've adopted black children. Those black kids see the difference in, of color between themselves and their parents. They see it. Mm-hmm. They're loved. They're cared for. These parents, right, but, but they see it. So, so, so it's something that we see. What we have to do is push past our eyes and say, okay, how's God called me to feel? How, how's God called me to feel? So uh, a black person that comes to Sandals Church who has a deep heart, for Jesus and, and maybe feels called to sandals, maybe likes my preaching, right? <laughs> right. They're going to walk in. They're yeah. going to instantly see yeah. 
that there's not a lot of black people, yeah, and, and depending upon the campus. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, so our campuses right. are not all ethnically uh, the same. Yeah. They're, they're, they're different based upon the neighborhoods in which yeah. they find themselves in the cities in, in which they are. So so those are the things I think we have to recognize that we see we see this, and we have to actively... So like, here's one of the things that, that I realized. We, we don't have any people of color in my small group. It's Our small group is pretty small right now. There's six of us. We're all white. So we have two married couples and we have two singles. So the first thing I realize is, okay, I've got mm-hmm. I've got to mm-hmm. bring some people. And, and and this is this is not the group I've been in my whole life. Like we've been in, I don't know, ten different groups over twenty four years. And oftentimes, depending on the group, you know, they've been racially diverse. They've been you know diverse, uh, married, single. And you have to look at that in your small group. Who are the people that I'm sitting around with? Because it's not just enough to listen to. Uh, you know, I'm hoping we're going to get uh, Jeff to be able to preach with me, and then on his own eventually. Uh, it's not enough just to listen to Jeff. You have to know a Jeff. You have mm-hmm. to know a Vivi yes. and understand mm-hmm. their struggle and their perspective and the, the way that they see it. And if you're a person of color, you need to understand uh, wh- how white people feel in a non-offensive way because there's a perspective there too. And, um, you know, uh, you know, like uh, we were talking about a week ago, you know, 400 years of this, right? Yeah. So as soon as a black person says 400 years, I get I get a little I get a little like nervous because that's a, that's a lot on me. Like I can't I can't I you know I want to be held accountable for what what do we do now? What do we yeah. do now? Look, I, I can't I can't change the past at all. We have to recognize it. But so what can I do now? Um, because historically, in nations where you start talking 400 years, in Ireland it's a thousand years, yeah. a thousand years of British oppression. Uh, in Turkey, it's 1,300 years of uh, Turkish rule, Armenian genocide. Uh, the Palestinians have a grievance of 50 years yeah, sure. against the Jews. The Jews yeah. have a grievance of 2,000, 4,000 years against yeah, right. everybody. Right? Yeah, right, so right, right. it just it just keeps going. You know, the Vietnamese hate the Chinese. Uh, the Koreans hate the Japanese. I mean, these are real things all over the world. Um, and even in uh, groups where they're the same ethnic group, there becomes um, grievances against families. Mm. So like in Russia, when Stalin takes over, uh, uh, not, who's who's the first guy before Stalin? Does anybody know? Nobody knows their history anymore. I don't know that history. I forget his name. Lenin. When Lenin takes over, him and Stotsky, they, they pick on some certain family groups that are very, very wealthy, and they actually take their farms, take their money, and then millions of Russians starve mm-hmm. because they said, you guys are cheating the system, mm. and they took all of their farms. Same thing happened in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Certain family groups are wealthy. You guys own the ships. You own this. You own that. So socialism comes in, right? We're going to make it all equal. Then you put me and Jeff in charge of shipping and fishing. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do, Jeff? Right. <laughs> like, I'm just telling you, you guys, you ain't eating. Like, right, you and right. I, like, we, like, there's a learning curve mm-hmm. there. Sure. And so these things happen. So we just have to understand that this occurs everywhere. And so we just need to say we, we, need, we need to understand that we see race and we, we have to work through that as a Christian. We have to remind ourselves so, so here's what I'm going to do. I, I, I really felt convicted this last week to change the way we do the Lord's Supper. From, from this point forward, we're not going to make the Lord's Supper just vertical, mm. but we're going to make the Lord's Supper horizontal. And we're going to say, as a church, this is the way that we're going to bring healing is that, that you know, Jeff, you're a black man, but yeah. you're my brother in Christ. Yeah. Vivi, you're a Hispanic woman, but you're my sister in Christ. And we live this out by not just worshiping together, <clears throat> but by eating together and reminding yep. ourselves of what Jesus yep. did for us because the color that brought us together was the red blood That's of right. Jesus. That's right. And 
and we have to do that. And that's his heart. That's his vision. And that's his passion. And we got to live that out. Okay, let's go to Vivi. Much shorter question. All right. This, this question comes from Sherilyn. Why do some people of color say there is no racism and some people say there is? Oof. That's good. I think uh, there for sure, you know, a lot of different perspectives come to mind, but I think the first one, and I'll share a little bit even where my perspective comes from, but the first one I would think is that however you answer this, whether it's the people of color saying that there is racism or people of color saying that there isn't, they are answering based out of their own perspective. And I would honestly go as far to say they're answering out of their response to racism. Hmm. And so, you know, even myself, I think... Just this whole conversation, I think where, where healing has happened, and I think where this past weekend you said it really well, is that every single one of us, our responsibility is to come to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think for us to come to the table, we have to realize and, and be honest with ourselves about maybe why there, what, what things have held us back from it. Right, yeah. That there is importance in coming to the table. So even myself, I think a couple of years ago, so I didn't grow up in Southern California. I didn't grow up, obviously, in Riverside then. Um, didn't grow up going to Sandals. I grew up in the Bay Area. And my both my parents are Hispanic. My dad is Mexican and my mom's from Colombia. My mom moved here when she was 16 or 17. Mom, if you're watching, correct me. Um, but it was really interesting, I think. So I'm coming from the perspective of growing up in the Bay Area where even in Southern California, yes, there's diversity, but it's so different than what it was like in Northern California mm-hmm. and even specifically the Bay Area that even there's diversity here, but I don't, honestly, I don't see it as interracial relationships as I did growing up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And so for me with that combination of, I'm used to seeing a little bit of everything. And I, I never felt like yeah. I'm the Hispanic person. Yeah. I never felt that way. Mm. Uh, part of that was my perspective of where I grew up. But the other part was even just how my parents raised me. I think uh, my mom, who moved here from a completely different country, and especially even in South America and Colombia specifically, when drug cartels and everything mm-hmm. was, was really bad, sure, yeah. when she moved to the United States, there was a lot of just poor treatment that she endured and experienced. Mm-hmm. But if you were to sit with my mom, my mom would never say, it's because Americans are racist. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not even something that I even realized there was that perspective, honestly, until maybe college. And I had a friend, a white friend, reading um, a book and it was, you know, talking about white privilege. And I had a hard time with, you know, the way that she was aggressively speaking about racism. And mm-hmm. she didn't say anything offensive, if anything. She was learning. This was like five or six years ago. She was learning what mm-hmm. white privilege was. She was learning all the different nuances that there are when it comes to people are different. Right. And it was in that conversation with her that I even felt a little bit that, I don't know if racism, I, I've been experienced, or well, and here's, here's where my thought is. I have experience, but my perspective and my response has never been, I think, the narrative that we always hear. And so what I mean by that is, from my, my perspective, I've never been taught to come into a room, and if something happens to me, even if it is a racist thing, mm-hmm. my first response isn't it's because I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And that isn't to say people aren't racist or I have a high and mighty. It's just that comes from my own perspective. Mm-hmm. That comes from where kind of my own perspective of where I was raised, but also who raised me. Mm -hmm. And so on the flip side, you know, there are absolutely people that have experienced racism. And I think, you know, even conversations with my mom, even this last week, you know, her response is still, I don't know if there's racism. People are evil. Right. Right. But racism is an act of evil. Mm -hmm. And 
sometimes evil is manifested through racism. Mm -hmm. And so really when I think about this question, I think people are responding from their own perspectives. And, and that's something that we have to remember. And as the believer, I think our responsibility isn't just to respond out of my life experience, but my Christ experience. Mm. That yes, I'm not gonna negate all the life experiences I've had, but it doesn't stop there. I have to look at whatever life experiences I've had when people have, I, I grew up in a gated community and there were times where people would stop me and I, I have memories where, you know, at the gate people would ask me, do you live here? Yeah. You don't live here. You you don't live here. I don't believe you. And I'm like, I, it's on my driver's license. I live here, you know, mm. and purely because I, you know, my skin color. And right. so it's not that I don't see that, but I think as the believer, my response is looking at that life experience, but also looking at what God has done through mm. that life experience. Mm. And I think that's what enables myself, maybe as someone that had to even unlearn, um, and really for me, that conviction of seeing racism not, it wasn't even a skin color conviction, it was a conviction against my creator. Mm. God created color. And so for me to not see it, sure, because of how I was raised, and, and not in a, like I was trying to not see it, I just didn't, uh, that's something that I felt needed to change because that's something that I think makes God as great as he is to be able to bring and unite everything that you were saying. The thing that unites us is the color red, right. Jesus' blood. Right. And so, yeah, I think it has so much to do with perspectives that we had. Um, I know I'm talking a lot, but you asked no, me to, to chat through. I, I was shared with you a few days ago about um, one of our students here at Sandals, and she is of darker hue than I am. And we were chatting. She said, you know, for the first 17 years of my life, mm. I haven't experienced the type of racism that I'm seeing on mm. social media that people have told me I'm going to face mm. my whole life. Right. I've never experienced that. And so for her even, it was really hard to understand that racism does exist. Why? Because of her own experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is so much in this conversation of how do we move forward? How do I both acknowledge but also understand why maybe someone doesn't see or think of something as racism? And rather than biting their heads off and telling them, well, there is, it's how can I just come around the table yeah. and have these conversations and, and move towards something that I can't be, like you said, held responsible for or accountable for the things that have been in the past, mm -hmm. but I am responsible mm -hmm. and accountable for how we move forward. Um, and so, yeah, I know, I think it comes down to just perspectives that mm -hmm. when you're talking with anyone, whether it's white, black, Hispanic, whatever it is, mm -hmm. understanding that most people's response is coming out of their own perspective and experience. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, here's what I would say is if you're if you're a black person and you've not experienced racism, I would consider that a blessing, mm -hmm. you know, but I think there's a part of it where you feel like, well, I've got to be a part of the group and I've got to experience this. You know, it's like my my dad's generation. If you don't go, if you didn't go to Vietnam, you don't have the stories, you know, and mm -hmm. so it's oh, like yeah. I praise God my dad didn't go to Vietnam mm -hmm. because because dads that went to Vietnam didn't come home. Yeah. And so I think, you know, um, there, there, there are white people that aren't racist. I mean, you just, you just have to understand that there, there are people, there are people that they just, they just want to go about their life. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked about most people are decent, mm. some are excellent. You know, um, I forgot the next point of my sermon. That's great. Very <laughs> most, few. most people, yeah, very few are, 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 but some are evil. Very few are few evil. evil. Yeah. So, um, and then I would say this: I, I almost Jeff put another category in there, and I pulled it, mm. but it's some are opportunistic. Oh. So, wow. right, wow. so there's some people that, you know, yeah, if I can get on this bandwagon, um, 
and, and use this movement to elevate my likes on Instagram, my followers. There are people that are going to do that, yeah. and yeah, they, they don't mind destroying our, our – you know, they don't yeah. mind burning down the city if that means somehow they're elevated. And, and those people are sick, um, and they're on both sides. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know – and unfortunately in our political system, I think, you know, Republicans – and this is a generalized statement – tend to ignore it. And, and, and Democrats, I think, tend to overhype it. And so you have, you, we're kind of polarized between these, these two issues. Uh, and so that doesn't, those are the people that are supposed to move us forward, uh, our elected representatives. So then when something like the George Floyd, where I think the vast majority of Americans were horrified, I, I'm just going to say that. Um, I, I have yet to meet a person, and I hang out with the lighter hue. I have met, I've, I've yet to meet a white person that went, oh, that was fine. Like even cops are like that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think this this instance of George Floyd has really forced the conversation uh, in a good way. Yeah, it, it, it's forced it in a good way. Um, Pastor, I, I have to say something. So because yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking, like, mm-hmm. you know, like what the person out there, like, what thoughts do they have? And there's individuals, and I really like, you know, your message have been so powerful, and then um, kind of partnered with what. Vivi just talked about perspective. I think that is probably, um, that's the point. I think that is uh, the biggest difference of all of this, is that we're so, actually, um, so um, Pastor Dan Zimbardi, who's the, uh, the lead right. executive pastor here, who's so intelligent yeah. and so um, just a leader, um, he did a talk with all the campus pastors last week, and he talked about the perspective. Mm-hmm. And he said, all of us have this narrow perspective. Right. right. You know, it, it's our history, it's our demographics, it's where we mm-hmm. grew up, it's our education. Mm-hmm. All of that, all of that um, completely wires our thought process, which wires our perspective, which wires what we say, and even how we receive. Mm-hmm. So we receive through that lens Absolutely. of that perspective. Yeah. And when we speak out of that that lens of that perspective. And he says, very rarely do people reach out of there because mm. even their perspective says you can't go out of that. Right. Right. And so I think the the biggest, I mean, man, when you said in your, past, in your message is like, listen, it's about listening and, mm. and almost like, but how do we tear down the walls of our own perspective? Right. Yeah, and the good. only way to do that, man, this is why the blood of Christ, the Amen. only way to do that <laughs> is to reach on the other side. Mm-hmm. And something that I've said, you know, so there's, there's this, that side and there's that side. And, and, and as believers in Jesus Christ, we don't pick sides. Mm-hmm. We bring sides together. That's good. That's, yeah. that's what we... That's our agenda. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, we have been um, given the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But the only way to do that is to start tearing down your own perspective. And the number one way, education is good. Like, if you look at the history, just the history alone, if you really look at the, uh, the, the there's a, your truth, there's their truth, and then there's actually right. the truth, you know? And so, well, there's the truth, the Lord yeah, Jesus, yeah, come on, brother, right? Yeah. But then there's the truth of, like, actually... You know, so and in 401 years, that's hard. But but there's 200 some years of actually like from 1619 slavery to just the, the all the atrocities that happened, mm-hmm. and 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 that's so you think of like 12 generations of that for people, uh, for black people or the darkest hue in this country right. that has to work through, and they're yeah. still going to be. Um, um, the um, the aftermath of that, right? And so it's just I, I would say all I feel like all of us, um, you know, even the next question, I feel like all of us, every single one of us, we start thinking like, oh, I'm right, mm-hmm. right? I've got it, 
No, we're all sinners. Right. Yeah. We all have fallen yeah. short of the glory of God. And and that should be our perspective yeah. when we look at mm-hmm. individuals. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I, let me go back to Vivi. Here's what I would say. So I, I when I was... How old are you? 26? 26, yeah. 20, okay, so when I was a little older than you, my dream was to move to Hawaii. Like, I mm. wanted to live in Hawaii. Right. And I just have had just <laughs> right. horrific racial encounters yeah. in Hawaii. Well. I mean, repeatedly. And I have family that live in Hawaii, and they tell me it's not real. It doesn't exist. Mm. And uh, we got into it one night with my family, and, and I just said, look, it is real. And my fam- my white family looked at me like, you're crazy. And uh, I'll kid you not, the next morning, I was helping my, my cousin launch his bo- boats, and we ran into an intoxicated uh, native Hawaiian mm-hmm. with a hammer. Wow. And well, by the grace of God, yeah. we, none of us were maimed or wiped out. And my cousin went, oh, my God, it is real. And I wow. said, I've been telling you. And... Um, Hmm. You know, and so, hmm. and, and so here's what I'd say. I know we have people that watch from Hawaii. The vast majority of people in Hawaii are wonderful, mm-hmm. just like a lot of Americans are wonderful. A lot of white Americans are wonderful people, but that doesn't mean there aren't white people that are terrible and awful to black people. And so you just have to understand that, uh, that it is a real thing, even if you've never encountered it. Mm. And, um, and that's why it's so important, you know, when I lead a, a, a brother that's black, that I understand that he may have had a process, an encounter, uh, and there's an inner narrative. And, and here's the thing with black people, it's both the inner narrative that occurs from your experiences. Have you, have you encountered a white racist? Probably. Then what have you been told by your black friends your whole life? They've yeah. encountered it. They've experienced it. Like uh, five years ago when we all got together, the last time this blew up uh, really, really big, you know, I was at this panel with Rick Warren, and I was, who's the guy that's saying, this is how we do it? Montel Jordan. Yeah, so there's this big black guy next to me, and he's, he's really serious? tall, and his things, you know, we all have name tags. It says Montel Jordan, and I was like, could it be? Could it be? <laughs> could, and so I was like, I was like, I looked, I was like, this is, he's like, it's how we do it. And he started singing. He's a pastor now. Are you serious? Yeah, he's a pastor. And I was like, Montel. And no one starts singing that to him. No, no. that never happens. No, right? but there sure was, so there was, there was, a, there was <laughs> yeah. an older black pastor who had to be, and with black people, it's hard to tell because you guys age mm. so good. All glory to God. You know, white, <laughs> dude, white people, that's what I tell people. White people are like soft cheese at a party. <laughs> you put it out, it looks great. You come back an hour later, we're all shriveled. So that's what white, that's how white people age. But so I have no idea how old his brother was. Right, right. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing seventies. Okay, yeah. You know, and he he told this story of being a young a young man and going fishing with his dad in L.A. and 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 the 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 people renting the boat wouldn't rent. Yep. And he said, he said, he said, so here he is. He's probably five or six years old. He's with his dad. They're going to go to a boat. And the guy says, we don't rent. To, and he uses the N-word. Yeah, mm. sure. To his father. Yep. And here he is, 75 years old, and he's crying. Yeah. yeah. And I'm amazing. just like, I'm just experiencing yeah. that pain. And um, my heart broke for him. But here's what I wondered. How many young black men have been shaped by that story? But they've never experienced that. So it's in the back of their mind. And so then I afterwards we, we got together and uh, you know, and then there was this white, creepy white pastor that was like crying and apologizing for being white. And I was and then all the black people were uncomfortable. <laughs> They're like, uh, nobody knows yeah, what to do. Sure. Like, yeah. can you stop crying and rolling on the yeah, ground? Sure, like, yeah. you know, this is go to therapy. Yeah. Um, so afterwards he and I got together and I said, I said, I'm so sorry for what happened now. I said, but I want you to know we're all white pastors here now. And mm-hmm. we and we're gonna make it we're gonna make this better. And he just started crying. I just said, yeah. I just said I, I want you to know that that white guy, 
is wrong yeah. and we're yep. going to make this right. Yep. And I said, can I hug you? And this guy's 75 years old and he's like, nobody ever asks to hug wow. me. Yeah. And yeah. I just said, well, I'm a hugger. So we hugged. Yeah. And, and what I would just say is we have to differentiate between what happened then and what's happening now. There is stuff that's happening now. Um, but back then it was probably legal to do that. Right. Mm. You could discriminate based upon race. Like yeah. he, we don't, we don't rent to your kind. I mean, yeah. wow, wow, you know. Um, so I feel uh, like there's different levels, yeah, different levels yeah. of racism depending on where you're at. I mean, Lord have mercy. Imagine, mm-hmm. I mean, in the South right now, the right. book Just Mercy. I mean, that mm-hmm. those stories are not that long ago, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is so well. Even tragic. what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. Oh I mean, my that gosh! Was, oh my word! That was a month ago. Like that was in Georgia. You yeah. know, that was horrific. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it was just absolutely, incredibly horrific and, yes. and, and racist. Yes. I mean, we're clearly absolutely. racist clearly. where you have an unarmed black man being hunted down by two white guys because he for, he fits the description of who they thought was ripping them off. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, you, see, and you see why that's why. Um, and so that's real. That's that, real. That's real. Yeah. And so many instances, I mean, even of... Um, uh, was a uh, Rayshard uh, Brooks that just happened, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, just even this, uh, like the few, um, you know, rather not if it's suicides or not, the right. lynchings that have just happened, even here in California. So for me, like, like Jeff, have you ever like experienced racism, direct racism? Very far, few in between. Mm-hmm. Do I believe it exists? Oh, you better believe right. I know it exists. And at the same time, so when so take. Take Ahmad, who mm-hmm. was not the person they were looking for. The brother's dead, right. yeah. and so when uh, so for me, I, I didn't tell you this, but two nights after that, I had a nightmare. Mm. I had a nightmare, Pastor Brown, uh, Pastor Matt, because I and I was I was jogging, which wow. my wife will tell you I don't jog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that anyway. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, but 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 I was I was jogging and I was fear. I feared for my life. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I I do not have I do not have nightmares, mm. yeah. and I woke up like in a panic. Yeah. And so for for most black individuals, mm-hmm. um, it does shape us because of the fact that um, that literally could be me. Right. Yeah. And and I think it should actually, as believers, the the empathy it should actually it should just as you were saying a couple of weeks it, it should shape all of us mm-hmm. in some form. Now, is it shaping you for the negative or shaping you mm. for the positive? Right. Martin Luther King Jr. let it shape them for the positive. Yeah. You know, he says one thing, um, you know, I don't condone the violence, but I understand, understand it. it. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I think that's where, you know, Killer Mike, who's this uh, just awesome dude, um, you know, when a riot started, he said, don't destroy your own home. Yeah. Don't destroy your own home. I know you're angry. He said, I'm angry as hell. Yeah. I'm angry as hell, but do not destroy your own home. And when people are so like they just feel like I can't there's nothing else I can do. Right. You know, um they need someone to help rein them in. So praise God for people like Killer Mike, praise God for people mm. like T D Jakes, to like mm. these these figures in the secular and the Christian world, black individuals said like, listen, I know, but there's another way. Yeah, yeah but I, and so here's the thing yeah. that's so I think unfortunate about this is is the is black people are getting a lot of credit for the rioting and the burning. But there are white, there are a lot of white yeah. liberal yeah. and leftist yeah. groups, Antifa, yeah. mm-hmm. you yes. know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like, you know, there is. Th- th- that are a part of this and 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 just yeah. have a destructive anarch anarchic what's the word? Anarchy or anarchist uh, yeah. leanings. 
And they're just looking. And again, that's the opportunists that I was talking about. Yeah, they're you're waiting. Right. You're right. They're waiting. Make it more they're waiting for the, the spark. Yep. So and they they carry gasoline with I'm them everywhere. You. Mm-hmm. I'm telling and you. And so, um, so you're here's right. what I would say as Christians yep. is like we all carry that gasoline, right? We all we all store it up, all the wounds, all the grievances, all the things that happen to us. And you have to decide: Am I going to be a person that throws the gasoline on the fire? Or am I going to be a person that tries to help bring the peace? And Jesus calls us to be yes. peacemakers. Yes. 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 And, yes, um, yes. and we can't just tell it to black right. people. Like, no, we, right. we have to tell it to ourselves right. and say, okay, I'm going to bring peace. And there's a grievance here and there's a frustration here right. that's very, very real. Let's take this question. Yep. How do we deal with people that claim to be Christian but are racist? How do we deal with them? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Look, can I just I'll, – I'll just say this. I, I meet with people all the time. What, what do I do? What do I do with the 80% of Sandals Church that don't tithe? <laughs> what do I do with those people? What do I do with the 70% of Sandals Church that don't serve? Mm. What, what, what do I do with the 60% of Sandals Church that when there's a mist outside, they, they, can't, they can't make it to church? Yeah. <laughs> okay? Sure. You know, uh, what, 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 I mean, people are sinners. People are, are sinners. Yeah. And let me just, let me just help, help our audience out. Life is hard. Like if you're a millennial, write that down. Life is hard, okay? Relationships are messy and people are broken, period. Life is hard. Relationships are messy. People are broken, Period. Racism is a part of the messiness of relationships and the brokenness of the human race. It just is. And, um, you know, I tell people all the time, I think I told you this in an interview, Jeff, I, I, I pastor uh, First Baptist Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, <laughs> that's where I feel like we are. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I've done right. marriage counseling with couples that are swinging, mm. and they don't understand why they have a problem with sex and intimacy sure. in their marriage. Yeah. And I'm just right, like, right, what? Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> what? In front of you. What? Wait a minute. You know, you guys... You guys brought how many people into your bed? Lord, and you don't understand why you guys can't connect. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so so here's the thing is, is that I think we all accept our own sin. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if I have a little porn habit on the side, or maybe like I don't tithe, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I hear people lie all the time. Sure. And I, I, you know, I'd like to call people on the carpet all the time, but, you know, the, the, the loudest, most... Uh, difficult people in our church don't serve, don't give, don't tithe, aren't in a group. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Right? I mean, I just... So so racist people are not interested in the work of Jesus Christ in their You're heart. Right. They're just right. not. Yeah. So what I would say is they call themselves a Christian, but they you cannot, you cannot be a Christian. Um, but you can't just apply that to the racist. You have to, appro- you have to apply it to the single person who's having sex with whoever they, they fall in love right. with because your body is not your own. It has been bought with a price. And, and, we, and, and can you unite you with, with a prostitute? Can you do that? And so we, ha- we have to start calling sin, sin, and we have to start pushing on people and saying, look, this is, you, you, you may carry a Christian label, but you are not following Christ as a racist. And, and go to Acts 13. One of the early leaders in the Christian church, it says right in your NLT, the black man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's around yeah, yeah. the table. He's yep. making decisions. Uh, these things are happening because the gospel goes out. Yeah. Um, and oh, by the way, the Syrophoenician woman is probably a white girl mm-hmm. that Jesus is calling a dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't specifically say, right, but yeah. she's probably white uh, because Greeks are of the lighter hue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to understand that, that it's just... Most most people are are Christian in name only. That's and I'm not yeah, saying we have to be right. all radicals. No, I'm just right. saying. I get you. Yeah. You know, if, if I if I told you I'm black, does that does that convince you? No. What about you? Like, if I told you I'm black, no. So why why as soon as somebody says I'm a Christian, do we have to go? Oh, come on. Right. Oh, okay. No. 
You know, you you, you judge the tree, Jesus says, based right. upon the fruit, fruit it produces. That's right. So, um, you know, and, and here's here's what I would say is I would have a heart for this racist person mm-hmm. because they're not going to heaven. The work the work of Jesus has not been demonstrated in their life, and they're headed for an eternity uh, with a, a lot of people of mixed colors in a very hot place. Yeah. yeah. So you know. Just talk to him about that, and 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 the greater judgment, the greater judgment is reserved for those who claim to be a follower of Christ, but slaughter, tear apart. Read Luke twelve. Read read uh, read Luke nineteen. Mm. Um, you know, hell is personal. Hell is personal, yeah, and yeah. so is heaven. Yeah. It's not all the same. It's not this socialistic utopia. It's very very personal, and you get paid back for what you do. Yeah. For what you do. And one of the things you have to think about this is the measure you use in judging, which racism is a an ethnic level of judgment. So think about the word prejudice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pre-judgment. That's yeah. the word, prejudice. I'm, I'm judging Jeff based upon my assumption of what black people are. So when I stand before God, God is going to judge me according to the same level that I judge Jeff. Man. So think about that. Man. So prejudiced is like that's on your list when you stand before Jesus. Oh, mm-hmm. you didn't like the color of people that I made, right? Well, because I made all these people and well, I love these people right, well. and I created them to look like that. Um, nowhere in the Bible are we told to change how we look on the outside. The work of God is always on the yeah. inside, so the outside's beautiful yeah. and that's what it is. Man, so so I would just say, stop, stop, stop believing everybody that they're a Christian. Mm. Mm, yeah. So I would um, also add to that as well, though I think community. You know, if this is someone, how do you deal with with people or Christian that claims to be a Christian but is racist? If there's someone in your life and and you're so perplexed of how do I deal with them, call them out. And not just call them out to condemn them or this and that, but I think do what Jesus did. And I mean, Jeff talked about it earlier that as a believer, this is our agenda. That whether you're a racist or not, whatever your viewpoint is or not as a believer, we should be moved because there are brothers and sisters of darker hues than us that feel differently about what's happening just because of their skin color. That should move right. us. Mm. And I think as a believer, mm. if we're serious about the gospel and we're serious about every tongue, tribe, and nation, man, it, it is like fueled me to, to understand that there are people, a part of my nation, that don't feel included yeah, in right. that. Yeah. That yeah. moves me no matter yeah. what my skin color mm-hmm. is. But I also think <clears throat> as a believer... It should be our responsibility to, I mean, what I was talking about, every tongue, tribe, nation, this desire for the nations is, is Jesus. Jesus telling us, go and make disciples, mm. discipleship, mm-hmm. teaching them to obey. Like as believers, as brothers and sisters, I think that's the beauty of what happens around the table is that it, I'm no longer the Hispanic, you're the white, and that's it. Mm-hmm. We're brother and sister yeah. and family. We can have these hard conversations. Yeah. And I, I would just say... Mm. You, people have to be open. I mean, definitely. Um, <laughs> Minor detail. Like there's just there's just some people that I just I I just don't waste my time on. I just don't. I you know I wanna I wanna spend my life, Jeff, affecting change in people who want to be changed. Mm. Um, you know, I think about the rich young ruler. What what must That's I good. do, yeah. Lord, to in- inherit on, eternal life? Just because somebody asks the question doesn't mean that they want to change. Definitely. <clears throat> and uh, Jesus says one thing you lack. And so, yeah. you know, so maybe you're a tither, you serve, you serve at church, you give, you pray, but there's, there's some racial uh, predispositions in your heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think the problem, like so, so, so many, you know, words 
you know, have lost their meaning. R- r- racist, I think, for most white people, they go, that, that's not me. Mm. So what I would say is, okay, what about some prejudices? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when have you not stood up? And, and let me just say this. Most people are not courageous. Yeah. Right, right. Most people, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, most people, like Tammy and I get just hammered hmm. privately right. on the internet. Like people post things about us. There are very few Christians at Sandals Church that say, that's my pastor. You will not talk about him that way. Hmm. Yeah. Most people don't do that. Most, pe- most of you are fine with me being run over by the bus, both forward and backward. Boop, 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 boop. That's fine. Hmm. Um, so hmm. most, people don't, most people don't stand up. Um, hmm. The worst racial conflict I ever got in in Hawaii was there was a 14 or 15-year-old white boy who, you know, somebody rented him a surfboard. He didn't know what he's doing. He paddled out for the first time, cut off a, a bunch of local Hawaiians, hmm. and they got mad. And this little boy popped off. And a grown man, a grown man, went up and punched this kid in the no face, wow. broke his nose, Oof. smattered him all over the place, and I said, that's not okay. Yeah. And I got in his face. Wow. And then all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by a lot of people. Yeah. And I just said, I just said, do whatever you want. I will not stand for that. Yeah. You will not hit a child. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care that he's white. I don't care that he's... You want to get mad? Go get mad at the Hawaiian who rented this kid the board for 40 bucks an hour and sent him out here without any instruction. Yeah. And so... Um, and it, that was the, the worst altercation yeah. I, I, I ever had. And I mean, it, 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 and let me just tell you, most people will just look the other way. Yeah. You know? Like, we ain't going to turn the other cheek if we get slapped, but if you get slapped, I'm going to turn the yeah. other cheek, Jeff, and I'll pretend yeah, I didn't right, see right, it. Yeah. You know, well, I would have if I hadn't yeah. you know, cramped my hamstring. Yeah. I would have <laughs> helped Jeff out. Um, most hmm. people just don't help out. And um, yeah. uh, let me just tell you something I saw on Monday. And so y- you talk about your nightmares about running. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've been running, and I've been called an FAG. People drive by, they scream out, call me that. I've had things thrown at me, like while I'm running. I've been walking with my wife in Orange Crest at night mm. around that park that yeah, you guys right, have yeah. up there. And some teenagers came by and we were walking and I had a, out of a, a moving car, uh, a uh, beer can full of beer hit me dead center in the chest oh. and knocked me completely flat on the ground. And those were white kids. I lost my mind. Gosh, I knew you Chased did. them down in the middle of the street. My wife ran into the middle of the park that where all the little league fences right, yeah, are. Right, yeah. So just know, yeah. stupid people, yeah. It's not always racist. Sometimes it's just yeah. dumb a people, right, yeah. right? So just so you know, young people, if you throw something out of a moving car, you need to know that that's a deadly weapon <laughs> Yeah. because yes. it doesn't just go as fast as you're throwing it. It goes as fast as the car, the car. you're traveling in is going and, and the yeah. speed with which you throw yeah. it. It knocked me completely flat. Goodness so I, I don't know what goes through the minds of people. Uh, you know, I'm not a homosexual but apparently I got the look. So I, I get it called all the time in my little, you know, neon shorts while I'm running down the street. Um, and part of that's just Riverside, you know. It's just it's just right. the Inland Empire, you know. Look at that guy running. He must be a homosexual, right. you know. And so yeah. so those things have happened to sure. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I had a friend of mine that got knocked unconscious driving down Alessandro because kids cause they threw an orange, and oh, it wow. went through Goodness. the windshield and hit him in the head. So kids, like, so you just got to understand, sometimes it's just stupidity. Yeah. It's just stupidity. Sometimes it's racist. Um, and, and, and for the black person, I think, 
or the person of color, they have to they have to say, okay, was it this? Mm -hmm. Was it this? So if I, if I was gay, then I have to go, is it because I'm gay? Is that is that why they did that? Um, I think it's easy to, to feel targeted. So, um, but sometimes it is, it is, it is, it is. And, and, and in the church, people always think it's the devil. It's mm. usually not. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes the, it is. The devil uh -huh. maybe do it. Yeah, yeah. So, sometimes <laughs> it's the devil. So sometimes it is pure racism. Right, sure. It just, yeah. it just yep. is. Yep. Sure. And, uh, you know, like the two white gentlemen that killed Ahmaud Arbery, you know, I, I just don't believe any of us can say they do that if it's a white kid. I just, I, I don't think yeah. there's any way that 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 we come out with the same scenario. So in that instance, you, you got to call it what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing with the the very astute white woman in the park whose dog is running around. Yeah. And I mean, come on, did you see that brother? Yeah. Did you see him? It was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he just stepped out of the library. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, it's it's like it's just there's no way you look at that guy and go, this guy's a threat. I mean, it, you just that was my white person. Right. <laughs> so there's just no he way. I mean, th th that white woman deserves everything she gets and more. I mean, it's just... And, and, and Matt, you said something so powerful about the example of uh, the kid, uh, the white kid in Hawaii, and you stood up for him. You said mm -hmm. most people are not brave enough. No, I, there, there were hundreds say, of people in the water. And, 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 I, I think, um, and I think this is a, a, huge, uh, a huge deal. I think the people that should be speaking up the most and the loudest to come to anyone's aid yeah, amen. in injustice is the church. Amen. Yeah. And, and we want to like put up the signs for like, you know, babies mm -hmm. in the womb matter. Right. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what about lives from the womb to the tomb? Yeah. Right. You know, um, as, uh, you know, my friend T.D. Jake said, you know, I, I mean, so anything that's unjust, you know, anything like the church, but the sad thing is the church has been the quietest. Right. Yeah. And so and so to um, maybe the other person's question, even to this, you yeah. know, well, what are you doing to, I would say the number, the, the first thing that we need to start doing, all senior leaders need to start speaking this from the stage. Right. Mm. All senior leaders need to start doing this. Yeah. All senior leader, leaders need to start saying like, hey, we have an issue, we have a problem, and it's not a political thing. Right. It's it's a it's a spiritual thing. Right. This is something that God has said. Hey, and all you have to do is just read the Bible, yeah. and mm. you will see. I mean, even God saying like, "I'm sick and tired of your sacrifices. I'm sick and tired of your songs mm. because you have not valued justice. Right. You have not valued justice. And so, like, I I spit you out of my mouth. And I just wonder, like, is God spitting the church out of His mouth? Mm. And I think for the most part, He is. So I, I would say all senior leaders specific. I would say all senior leaders. Period. I would say. Uh, uh, I think Bishop Lacey even said this, but I think the first move, like who makes the first move in this game, I think it is the white leaders. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I continue mm -hmm. to applaud you, Pastor Matt, yeah. for doing this, even though you don't have the right answers, even though you're not fully, but right. all you know, like, hey, mm -hmm. if I just, if I stick with the word of God, right. like, like let's, let's do this mm -hmm. thing. And so um, it does start with the senior leaders. And oh my word, if we can just... <sighs> If we can just, as Americans, because I feel like maybe they have this a little better in mm -hmm. other countries, but maybe not. If we can just be a mm -hmm. little open to receive, Oof. a little open to receive, mm -hmm. um, be, and and that will change not only racism, mm -hmm. but that will like, oh man, maybe I do need to serve. Oh man, because right. I've been a I've been a pastor for a long time, and oh mm -hmm. my word, brother, and the amount of folk that walk mm -hmm. in here and don't do anything, you know, and mm -hmm. it's 
okay, you know, keep on coming, but just so you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we have a mission here and we have a ministry right. and, and we're pulling it, we're dragging it because we're, 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 we're doing this with 3% right. and we need to do yeah. it with 100%. Right. Yeah. And so... All right, yeah. this guy's coming after me, so Jeff, you got to save me. George, right. thank you for the question. I appreciate it. Tough question. All right. During your sermon, you said we need to see yeah. color because the interpretation of the passage was Jesus saw color. This was a very disturbing concept. I was trained mm. that the best commentary on the Bible was the Bible itself. Yes, George. Amen. The Bible is clear in 1 Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees... For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither uh, slave nor free, nor is there male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Can you clarify what you mean by, mm. by saying we must see color? Because if First Samuel and Galatians aren't woke enough, and Martin Luther Jean... Uh, King Jr. is not correct about the content of character instead the color of skin, then it seems like, again, sociological ideals created in the human mind are usurping the scriptures as a way of getting social justice at the wrongs of the past between the races because the Bible doesn't go far enough. As you can tell, I was very confused by your message about seeing color as society seems to want to reduce, reintroduce the idea of seeing color as the primary way to see people and treat them uh, 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 yeah. Sorry, George. I don't understand something about how God sees us, George. Uh, so, we, when when God is selecting a king in First Samuel, does He consider all the nations? Mm. He's looking for a Jew. Mm-hmm. So, see, this is this is the problem with hermeneutics. You're you're absolutely yeah, right. right. He says he says do, what he's saying is do not look at Jews as men look at Jews. Mm. Because I'm not looking at Jews the way you're seeing Jews. I'm, I'm looking for a, a Jew with character. So nobody gets to be a, the king of the Jews except a Jew. Mm-hmm. So even in that context, what we're talking about is a Jewish person being selected. And by Jew, what I mean is not anyone else, mm-hmm. which means not Vivi, mm-hmm. not Jeff, mm-hmm. not me. Mm-hmm. We're not qualified because we are of different colors. We are of different ethnos. We are mm-hmm. of different nations. So here's where you're right. We need to press past the way that we see each other because the text actually says what I said. I see yes, you as right, a black yep, man. I yes, see you as a Hispanic right, woman. Mm-hmm. It says God doesn't look the way man looks, right? right? So we do see color, but he actually presses on. And so that's where I think Martin Luther King Jr. is going is yes, we have right. to press beyond simply the color of skin and look at the content okay. of character. But I still have to see Jeff as a black man. For me not to see Jeff as a black man is to not see Jeff. See For me not to see Vivi as a as a Hispanic woman is Female, means right. I don't see Vivi. And the trouble we get into, especially in a white-dominated culture, and this is what minorities feel is, they have to play our game. Mm, because right. I pretend their game doesn't exist. It's right. not real. Right, right, right. And so I have to say, okay, what, what have Jeff's experiences been with white culture, white men in particular? Mm-hmm. What has Vivi's experiences been with white men and white culture? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does she have a seat at the table? You know, so Jeff has, has the challenge of being black. Vivi has the challenge of being not white and a woman. Mm-hmm. Right, are, exactly. Right, those are two right. challenges You're within right. the church. You're right. And so for me to say those aren't real, George, is to not help Vivi uh, be who she is and, right? I mean, right. so the most famous story, George, of Jesus is the woman caught in the act of adultery. Jeff, remind me, how many people does it take to commit a sex act? Uh, intercourse. Two. two right? <laughs> right? Vivi, you're not married yet, but tango. you know it takes two. two. two right? Two to make a but somehow, Where's the man? Right. 
because in Jewish culture, women were treated treated no. differently, and Jesus knows that, yes. and he sees her as a woman who's being unjustly treated, mm-hmm. and he intervenes. Yes. Yeah. He intervenes. And so, George, that's what I'm saying. Now to your passage, George. You're going to get me to preach here. here in Galatians 3.28, um, the same passage is used in Colossians, but neither male nor female is omitted. Mm-hmm. Why would Paul use the same point but omit male and female in Colossians but include it in Galatians? And here's why, George. Because if circumcision is what makes you Jewish, how in the heck was any woman ever a Jew? Mm -hmm. That's the point he's making. Jewish women were always Jewish, but they don't get circumcised. Mm -hmm. So for half of us, it's always been irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So it was never about circumcision. It was about a circumcised heart. It was about being cut in your heart, and that's what makes you a follower of Christ. And so what, what we need to look at there, George, is Jeff is a black man, is still black, he's still a man. Vivi, as a Hispanic woman, is still Hispanic, she's still a woman. But they are not saved differently from me as a white man. We are all saved exactly. in the same way. Exactly. Jeff and I don't have to get circumcised because when we come to the cross, mm-hmm. Jeff, my, myself, and Vivi are saved in the same right. way. Yeah. And it is not through the act of circumcision, it is through the act of the death of Jesus right. Christ. Right. So George, my brother, <laughs> come on now, I think deeply about these That's things. Right. Right. And you're right, you're, you're right. And what I would say is, you've been trained, I, I think it's yes. what white people say is, well, I don't see color. Right. And so we, we make ourselves feel good about that, but we all see color. Black people see color, right? <laughs> right? Um, Hispanics see color, everybody sees color. Yeah. Um, you know, black people talk about who's darker, right? I've, you know, white people. I who's whiter? I told them darker. Yeah. Oh, dude. I went to Ireland. There are translucent whites. They are see-through, dude. Like, like animals in the Mess. deep. I'm telling you, you, you see some white people, and I was like, you need to never be in the sun. <laughs> right. Like they would just go. Burns. <laughs> right. I have never seen so many colors of yeah. white in my life yeah, yeah, yeah. because the Irish, man, mm-hmm. it's sunny like yeah. twice a year. Right. Yeah. So, right, right. So, 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 George, great question. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Please don't leave the church. You, you, I, man, always, always come at me with the Bible. You're right. We use the Bible to interpret the Bible, but that's where you have to be questioned. You, you have to watch yourself because hermeneutically, you just looked at a passage mm-hmm. where Jesus yes, exactly. is only talking about Jews, yeah. and you took it to mean... God doesn't look at the nations. He doesn't look at the peoples. All throughout Scripture, God talks about the peoples, Mm -hmm. the nations, the cultures, all throughout it. And they are distinct nations, Mm -hmm. distinct peoples, distinct cultures. Hmm. And the Jews are specifically, when they come into the land of Canaan, told not to act like the other cultures, not to act like the other peoples, because they're different. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely different. And and that's not to say everything is evil about those cultures. No, but there were things. Right. There were terrible, terrible things. Um, and, and so we have to understand that. Um, you know, just yeah. like, you know, uh, Western civilization just gets destroyed. Not everything about Western civilization is evil. But my, my mom went to school. Not everything about Western civilization was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we've kind of gone, we, 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 we've other. kind of gone one, you know, most kids today can't think of anything good uh, about George Washington because he owned slaves. Look, George Washington, yes. He shouldn't have owned slaves. That was a terrible thing about him. He's the only leader in human history that was all-powerful and gave it back. Mm. He had all power. If you, go to the, if you go to the Capitol building, there's this giant painting, and it's him handing the contract that Congress signed 
prior to the war. Did you know this? George Washington never had to ask for money. Never, he had all power over economics. He had all power over the military. He had all power over governance. He didn't have he, – he was the law. George Washington acted as king throughout the Revolutionary War. And in the end, he hands the contract back that gave him legal authority to do whatever mm. he wanted. Mm. So he owns slaves. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's terrible. But he's also he, he's the first guy in human history that says we have we have to we have to try to do this together. Mm. Now, did he get it all right? No. Um, you know, the Declaration of Independence, we consider all men as to be created by God. Sorry, Vivi, women were not included in that yet. But what we don't understand is, according to British law, the only men that had rights were men who owned property. Right, exactly. That's true. So, so, so we have to understand that it's this progressive revelation and this progressive understanding. And oh, by the way, the Magna Carta that was signed by the nobles mm-hmm. of England in 1246, which no American kids even know what that is, mm-hmm. you know, the king killed all those people that signed that. And those were wealthy white nobles who said, hey, we have a say. Mm-hmm. And the king, oh, by the way, and the pope said, no, you don't. And he killed them all. So the first understanding was that, you know, uh, rich, noble landowners had rights. Then there was this understanding. And unfortunately, it was just a white men that owned rights. But there, if you go back and look, there was a real debate as to whether or not you could vote and have rights if you didn't own property, even in America, yeah. even in the debates. And unfortunately, you know, there were black men, especially in Boston and those areas where slavery was not legal, that, that were a part of the Revolutionary War under the... Um, the idea that they were going to maintain their sleeve, excuse me, their freedom and their rights. And, and in the end, you know, they got sold out just like happens in every political process mm. because the greatest threat to America for the first hundred years, do you guys know what country it was? It was England. England, mm. of course. So most people don't know this, but the War of 1812, England marched on America, burned our capital and the White yeah. House. So... People don't know that. Um, It's not until really World War I when Germany becomes the new new threat, the new global threat, that England is like, oh, yeah, remember, we were cousins. We were cousins. We were (laughs) family, right? right? You know, and and, and we developed this relationship. Um, So part of the reason is we we have to teach history in context. And and people have the same problem. They they read the Bible. So he's reading the Bible from his perspective. Oh, you can't can't look at people. You can't judge people the way... And, and he's he's not looking at it from the context in which it was written, right. um, and it's difficult. There are some passages in, in the scripture that's difficult yeah, because yeah. it's written to an audience yeah. three thousand years ago, and you can't get away from the fact that Abraham was, you know, a, a Middle Eastern man, mm-hmm. you know, uh, three thousand years ago in a different culture in a different time. And there's just stuff where you're like, whoa, right? How do I handle this? And so. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's okay to judge George Washington, our founding fathers. You need to do it according to their time. And you can't, they, they, they just don't live in the same world that we do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they're right. You just have mm-hmm. to, you mm-hmm. have you have to do that. And, right, yeah. and and we need to teach American history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. But you got to teach the good. Yeah. You got you got to show like, hey, there's a vision here that we haven't lived up to yet. Right. We haven't. We're still not seeing every man and every woman as created in, in the image of God, you know, um, and a lot of us are rejecting that we're created in the image of God. That's terrifying, because if your rights come from government, what happens when the government changes? Yeah, yeah. that's really that's a really a terrifying thing. Um, and 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 a lot of my woke friends, you know, they've abandoned God. But if your rights don't come from God, the government can do whatever they want, and we see this all over the world. Yeah, you know, um, 
And it's really, really terrifying. Um, so how did mm. I get on that rant? You were going That's off. Good. Yeah. Good, Come on. <laughs> so, no. hey, George, I love you. Great question. Yeah. Always challenge things that um, – and I knew, I, I, knew the, I knew the passage would be challenging. Yeah. But there's no way you can look at that and Jesus calling her a dog and say that he saw her as anything but different. There's just no way. Um, Jesus repeatedly sees people within their context. Um, even as he's being crucified, he differentiates between Pilate, who he is and his people, and between his own people and the Jews. And he says, my people are guilty of the greater sin. He says that. Why is that? They knew better. That's right. They knew better. Mm -hmm. So, And then we have to think about on Judgment Day, if you're not a Christian, you're not judged uh, the same way that I am. I'm judged stricter and even more so because I'm a teacher because I knew better. That's right. Yeah. So you got to understand that. So it's good. I know. Come on, preach. Come on. Yeah. Why well, didn't why didn't let's ask a real question. Right. Why didn't God give me Jeff's voice? Right. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> right. That'd be dangerous. Oh man. Oh, do you can you imagine how awesome? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, how do you address uncomfortable okay. racial remarks in a multicultural relationship if the other person is not willing to listen or change because they see nothing wrong in their speech? Mm. Well. Uh, You're in a multicultural relationship. I am. I am. You're married to a duchess. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Did your wife... Was that racist? No, 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 I don't think so. No, not at all. I don't think Um, so. (laughs) No. It it may have been. I know. We need to check with her. There's a bunch of white Um, women in Amsterdam. (gasps) Right. I can't believe he (laughs) said... I can't believe he said that. Um, I I would say, uh, man, when I think about that question, um, well, just take off race for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not married? No. Okay. So, you know, as as a married individual, um, if if you offend your wife... Um, and you've hurt her, um, regard. So just take off race for a second, and you know uh, the differences between your your ethnic makeup. Um, if you say something to her, um, th- the right way to handle that would be to have compassion mm-hmm. and to show love. You know, and so I would say if you're if your other that you're in a relationship with, um, uh, you know, if he's saying or she's saying something, mm-hmm. and it has offended you, and they just don't seem to um, um, let that uh, hit them in a way where they're saying, wow, wow I didn't know that remorseful. offended, remorseful. Um, that's an issue regardless of race. Um, that individual, for whatever reason, um, they're allowing their perspective on race and ethnicity and whatever mm. they've been educated with to override, I believe, their care and love for you. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I... And so I would say, and, and my wife has done this so many times in the sense that if I say, hey, that's offended me racially, um, I would say 95% of the time she's come to the table saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Mm. I did not know that. Mm. Um, because she looks um, um, at the relationship, our loving late relationship first, before she lets whatever truth that she believes um, to override that. I think what you just said, too, part of what makes it receptive for her and her ability to meet you with compassion or vice versa Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is what you just said. Hey, when you said that, I felt offended versus you're racist when you said that to me. Right, right. I think that's something so huge no matter. I mean, that's even just conflict in general that there's there's an element of vulnerability Mm -hmm. of, hey, when you said this. It hurt me. It, yeah. it, it's, it's, so it's interesting. So my wife, uh, and she was if she was here, she would say this. You know, we're helping out with the marriage 
conference uh, next week. Uh, or, uh, and, and one of the things that we always talk about is like, I, I'm way more sensitive than she is. Way more really? sensitive. Oh my, she's an eight and a one. Oh. On Enneagram. Lord, yeah, but you're you, a comedian. <laughs> Everything bounces off your... Yeah, but you so know, you I had think? the pain. I had <laughs> the pain though. I had the pain. I had the pain. Um, but uh, but um, when she says something that's so hurtful to me, I also need to let her know like, hey honey, yeah. just so you know, that was very hurtful, you know, or one I could be like, you always do that. Right. You are racist. <laughs> no, that that doesn't help. That doesn't, doesn't. help. And when, could it affect your intimacy life? Right. <laughs> Come on, you, you Come on, you now you're still, you're still a husband. You still husband. Why should that matter? Yeah. Um uh so so I mean all that to say kind of wrapping it up. It, it it's all about um how you say things. So so if you're that That's individual good. and they have offended you, you need to sit that person down um, and gracefully, because that's what we're supposed to do as believers in Jesus Christ, um, grace and truth, you know, love and truth, kind of say, hey, just so you know, I need to let you know that what you said mm-hmm. was really hurtful. Yeah. Um, maybe not even offended, because at the right. end of the day, that offense, it actually, it's hurtful. It was hurtful uh, what you said to me, and um, this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even in the moment, you know, when you try to argue those things in a moment, it mm-hmm. doesn't usually end well. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for the other individual, man, I would really... Gosh, I, is that person really? Are they really loving you? Mm. Um, are they really caring for you? I think that's that. Yeah. That to me, Pastor Matt, I think that is the biggest issue. Mm. Do they care? Mm. When you, this whole racial conversation, all this going on, is really a side usually asking, "Do you care?" Right. Mm. Do you yeah. care? Well, and I think, you know, initially, um, you know, the whole statement, Black Lives Matter. So when people, you know, so I think that the, the white response was, well, every, every life matters. Right, sure. And what we, what we needed to say was, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yes, right. they do. Yes, yeah. yes they That's do. Good, and, and, and I know, uh, you know, some of, um, especially the conservatives at Sandals Church, have a problem with me, me joining that voice. Look, I don't have to agree with a movement. You and I have talked about mm-hmm, that. Right. I don't have to agree with the Black Lives Matter platform, um, you know, because any, anything political gets muddled. And, and, yes. and so just, just understand that. Um, you know, I don't agree with everything, you know, Republican or Democrat. I don't, uh, you know, agree with everything Trump says or Obama says. And so mm-hmm. um, right, right. We're, we're not living in a perfect world, but, right. but the statement, do Black Lives Matter, I think unequivocally, we all need to say yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you don't need Absolutely. to say, you know, uh, we were in Santa Fe uh, and there was a protest there and it was, you know, like 20, what do you call them, emu? Emu? Emus. Emo? Right. Uh, emo. What, what are we the, talking? Describe white people it. that dress all in black. Emo. It's emo, yeah. Emo so is it was like an tw- animal, I think. It was like 20, it was, <laughs> it was like 20 uh, emo white chicks, yes. you know, and they're just, <laughs> they're, black lives matter. And I'm like, and then somebody's like, <laughs> brown lives matter. And then it was like. And, I'm like, and it was like, you know, it was so, it was yeah. like the most right. pathetic rally you've ever seen. You know, <laughs> they were doing the best. Like yeah. It was like eight people in the park. I, I, didn't, see a, I didn't see a brother. This was a, this was you know, a, they showed up like, uh, no, yeah. I think this is the wrong. No, it was Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, God bless you. Yeah. Right. You know, and I mean, and Santa Fe is still closed down. Like, yeah, like right. none of the stores are open. Yeah. And it's like some dude from, you know, 1965 playing his hippie music. And I'm like, this is Love not it. a Black Lives Matter <laughs> rally. And I just, you know, I was oh like, I almost God. felt bad for him. But I was right. like, look, <laughs> just just say it. Look, 
you know, Black Lives Matter, and and they need to know that you, that you feel yeah. for that and you care for that. And uh, there, there's a bunch of great questions, and we'll get to them next week. Let me say this: shorten your questions. Yeah. Have somebody else read them because yeah. I got to read it. I got to read it out loud on the fly. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, my English skills are not always the best. I went to public school now. Come on, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you're doing well. You're doing dude, well. Um, yeah. And, and just know, guys, this is the beginning of a conversation, yes, and we're going to continue to do this. Yeah. That's good. And, and we're going to continue to talk yeah. this through. And um, you know, ha- have a lot of grace, especially for your white friends. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They're scared to death to get it wrong. Um, mm, yeah, and if you don't yeah. believe that, just read the, the hate comments on my Instagram. Yeah. Thank you, all of you people who love to hate. Um, that that's just how it is. We we got to work this out together and. Yeah. Uh, we do need to get better. Yeah. You know, we, we need to get better at policing. We need yeah. to get better at we, yeah, we need to take sure, a look everything. at what's happening in our inner cities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, there, there's the, I, I I consider this not just a racial issue. This is a tornado, and so a tornado is created right when you have winds blowing from different directions. Mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there's a lot of things that are happening in our culture, mm. uh, and unfortunately, right? You know, <laughs> where does the tornado always hit? Trailer parks, man. It, I don't know why it is, but it's just drawn to those areas. <laughs> and so, you know, socioeconomically, whenever things go bad, it always puts yeah. downward pressure on people at the bottom. Yeah. And, and right. whether you you're believe right. it or 100%. not, too many of our black people in our country are at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. And this negatively affects them, and yeah. it, it, it creates all kinds of problems yeah. for them. And so we have to understand that as, as white people that, um, you know, we've been blessed uh, yes. To live in many different circumstances, and that's not to say that there aren't poor white people sure, that, course, that right, yeah. don't have struggles. Right, they right, do. Yeah. Um, some of them are my relatives, <laughs> but but we need to be able to say, okay, we we've got to step in here, and this is a great time to talk about this. And and I I just heard yeah. today that the president um, signed a police referendum or something like oh. that. And mm-hmm. and what I initially looked at, it looked like it was a good initial step, but there's a lot of things that need to happen. Um, and we can talk about this in our next um, podcast to really correct uh, some of the uh, the laws that were enacted in the 90s mm-hmm. to curb yep. black crime yeah, and to yeah. curb some things that were happening in our black communities. And we can talk more about that. Mm. But those things really did a disservice yes, um, yep. yeah. uh, to specifically black people. And so we, we, ha- we have to write those things yeah. and we have to take a look at those things um, mm. because, you know, uh, and, and here's the thing about government intervention. We have to be so careful about what government does because government is like medicine. <laughs> you know, like you ever watch those medicine commercials? You know, it's like, oh, do you have a skin rash? Do you have oh, this or do you have afterwards. that? And it's like all the wonderful things and people right. are smiling. They're playing with their kids in the park. And then there's that right. ending. <laughs> Causes an oily discharge, right. you know, and, and you know, uh, a herpes outbreak. And, you know, I mean, all of these horrible things right. that are spoken horrible. really, really fast at the end. And it's a ton of them. And, and that's what happens when government intervenes and does things yes. to right things. They can have the best intentions. Mm. And then there's this horrible discharge mm. <laughs> and rash yeah. that occurs, you know, because, you know, medicine, earthly medicine, human anything we try to do to, to improve or better someone's lives, that there's side effects. Yeah. And so we have to look at that and we have to be very carefully that we don't just move forward emotionally, but that we really look at, okay, how is this, how is this going to play out? Because every decision, there are ramifications, positive yeah. and negative. Sure. And, yeah. and we, we want to help people. Yeah. And so um, I, th- I, think, I think the black fear is 
that when the hype settles down, that, that, the, that the conversation to how, how to move this forward will end. And, yeah. and I'm just saying, we're going to continue to do Come this. On. We're going to continue Amen. to move forward. Come on. And so we don't, we don't need at Sandals Church uh, another black person to, to be killed by a white officer uh, for, um, for us to continue this conversation. We're going to keep doing this Amen. so that black people feel heard. Amen. Um, so that's my commitment mm. to you guys. So I love you guys. This mm. is a little long. I apologize for being late. We'll try to be on time <laughs> next week. Amen. Amen. I was super late. Amen. Love you guys. God bless. (laughs) 